With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good, Josh. Uh, we're we're trying to get this pod in the can before we get hit by a blizzard. Like yeah. you, you speaking into your tin can on on your side, and me on the other, and we'll try and get this up to the Always Cheating satellite before <laughs> the snowpocalypse yeah. hits New York. We have a real uh, nor'easter coming through. We'll be playing with a bright uh, pink ball this weekend, apparently. <laughs> well, we will need it. I don't know if anyone's following MLS uh, out there, but um, Minnesota United, one of the new expansion teams in MLS, was playing in their home stadium. Minnesota, notorious for being a snow-covered state, and they were playing in a field just like blanketed in snow. They had to have a guy come out and shovel the lines of the field like every 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh-huh. And, Why would you even play a game this early in Minnesota? Well, what was hilarious is they got they got completely trounced 6-1 by Atlanta FC or whatever, Sporting Atlanta, <laughs> whatever the hell they're called. A team from like a place referred to as Hotlanta came to a <laughs> snow-filled uh, pitch and just destroyed Minnesota. It was hilarious. That that is like the last thing I would want to watch. Like two expansion teams in MLS. Like <laughs> no, it's not early. Like first week of the season. I'm not even anti MLS. I mean, you and I were you know past season ticket holders, but that that just could not have been a a high quality match. Uh, I have an icebreaker for us, Josh. We have an email here from Alex Rondelev who asks kind of uh, this is kind of related to events of the last couple of game weeks. Uh, that that still loom somewhat large over us. So Alex Alex asks the Ming's Laton incident. Uh, he's referring to the the head stomping and the elbow throwing. In case sure. in case you forgot about that, 
I didn't. The, the Ming's Lots on Incident raises the question, if there are acts so bad that you, the collective you, Josh, should dump them from your FPL team. So, uh, and Alex also says we touched upon this a little bit with Big Sam when he got canned from the England job and, and, and subsequently rehired by Palace. But do you think that there is there is something in, like a beloved player on your FPL team could do that would was ever so bad that you would drop them from your squad? Um, well, I mean, I guess like Adam Johnson, you know, uh, with the... Uh, you know, with the uh, pedophilia stuff last year, I would not have had Adam Johnson on my team no matter what he did. Uh, the, you know, like Luis Suarez, you know, I, I, I mean, there's like, you know, like I don't feel good about this, but like, you know, like Luis Suarez, like, you know, racially abused uh, Patrice Evra, right? And and, and ja- Jamie Vardy is, is in that same boat too. Jamie Vardy too. And all, all players I've had on my team after these incidents happened. Uh, and, you know, so I, I guess it would have to be pretty bad. And yeah. Yeah, it, you, it feels like, if it, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you play that game, then it's 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 a it's a slightly uh, slippery slope because um, these are mostly not good people. Uh, yes. These aren't these aren't people who you would enjoy talking to in real life. The best of large. them don't even let you get to know them. So, like, the right. best people in the Premier League won't even let you get close enough to know how. I think I would enjoy hanging out with Pierre Mertesacker. I think, uh, I think uh, you know, Christian Fuchs and I would get along pretty well. Probably, probably, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I think most of the Barcelona team is full of players that I would get along I'm, with. I'm getting the sense that N'Golo Conte is probably a good hang. Um he, he seems pro- quiet. Too. Yeah, well, he, he, I, I bet he's, I bet he, uh, I, I bet he's good for a laugh, though. Yeah, and he's probably a designated driver. I feel like so he'd, I think, he'd always be in control. Yeah, so I think uh, you know, pedophilia, you're out. <laughs> uh, you know, like if there were like uh, you know more serious, you know, physical violence, and you know. In any manner, that would that would be enough for me to uh, to to ban someone uh, from my team. I'm, I'm not counting Luis Suarez by because I mean the thing about Luis Suarez, okay, if, if you can if you if you can excuse the racism, you know, possibly a big. I know this has nothing to do with fantasy. If you excuse the racism, you know, like when he when he was biting Ivanovic or whatever, he was just. You know, he was he was just so caught up in his competitive fervor. Like to me, that doesn't mean he's like Hannibal Lecter. You know, I I was he, never really he, bothered. He just takes gamesmanship that. a little too far. Yeah, exactly. In the in the Ming stomp, I mean, whatever. Like they were both fine afterwards. Yeah. Even if he did stomp on his head, it would have been fine. <laughs> it's it's a very solid head. It's a it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a huge head. head. <laughs> What's more interesting to me is this notion of uh, you remember Jeremy, who was in our private league. It was the year that Mourinho took Chelsea to the league title with Hazard was FPL player of the year. Mm-hmm. Jer- Jeremy did so terribly in our mini league because he refused to put a Chelsea player in his FPL squad. So right. there are some people where the thing that a player does that's so reprehensible that they can't get in their squad is just to play for a certain for yeah. a certain shirt. I think if you lived in the U- you know if we lived in the UK I wonder if I'd feel you know I I don't cuz as an Arsenal fan I don't feel like I'm more inclined to have an Arsenal player just because I'm a fan, it's not like I'm trying to load up on Arsenal. You know, I mean, to me, it feels very clinical. The players that I'm bringing in. <laughs> the closest <laughs> I got was bringing in uh, American Emerson Hindeman, who was right, transferred right. to Bournemouth over the summer. You, you knew you were going to wild card early on. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good bench fodder. All right. So do we do we have to talk about game week twenty eight? 
Well, we can talk about it in 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 broad strokes, if you like, Josh. It was it was a weird one because there were no fixtures to be played. A lot of people burned points, um, and only if you had you know, two things had to happen for you to have a decent week. You had to captain Lukaku, or you had to have brought in Joshua King. Right, and and effectively, if you had just captain Lukaku and he was the only player on your team. Mm-hmm. You know, you literally had 14 players who didn't play at all, but you kept Lukaku. You actually would have been fine. You would have been above average. And yeah, so, average score was 19 points, and yeah. Lukaku on his own scores 24. If you so, him. yeah. So, um, all I mean, like you know, it, it's a little bit like the double gaming classification. Basically, all of the work was for nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a little. I have to say, I'm feeling a little dislike. You know, they say the opposite of, of of love is not hate, Brandon. It's indifference. And I'm starting to feel indifferent about this FPL season. Now I, I love I love fantasy sports even though I uh even though they drive me crazy and like to the brink of madness. Uh, <laughs> that's what but, real love is, Josh. That's true. That is what real love is. Uh but when Coutinho got subbed at fifty nine fifty nine uh, especially after when you know when talk Bane me, talk me through this. Uh, I'm imagining the uh, chariots of fire uh, song playing in the background oh, as, you, as you're watching yeah. Coutinho. He was running particularly fast to get to the to the sideline. He was. It was yeah. It was, it was like fifty nine, fifty five. I, I was like, there's no Slow way. He, 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 <laughs> there's no way he's not still on the pitch at sixty. And then the camera goes zooms in on him, and he is he's not jogging. He's running. And he was—it was just a tactical move, right? I don't think no injury news came out or anything like that. Yeah, it seems so, to be tactical. Yeah, so I mean, I had I had Lukaku. I decided to captain Coutinho just as a as a bit of a differential gamble. I, you know, I, I I had a I had a good feeling about my our head to head in my personal mini league, and so I didn't feel like I it just you know it was it almost worked. I mean, you know, Coutinho, you know, Lukaku would have been on for for five points, uh, except for like you know, kind of a. You know, like a, a random goal that he scores at the end. Um, the game was already pretty much decided. Garbage and that gives, time, as they call it. Yeah, exactly. That gives him four points and then three bonus. So completely changed everything. And now I know I'm kind of screwed. Uh, I thought I had a chance, but then they, the way Liverpool came out, they, you know, they're sort of like, all right, we're not playing one of the top four teams, and so we're not going to try that hard. And, um, you know, we're just going to hope that some, something like fluky. I, I mean, that Emery Changle was so weird. I mean, Heaton, I feel like Heaton could have scored. I don't know. Heaton could have stopped that, it seemed like. Yeah, it was It was uh, one of those, you, you couldn't tell if he was unsighted or he didn't see it till too late. Yeah. And apparently Somebody, it was, it was um, had rained a lot on the pitch earlier that day, and the ball can tend to move at a much right. faster rate, skip across the grass. Yeah, it was it was a really it was a Liverpool it was a very indifferent Liverpool squad. It was uh, so, so pre- it was so predictable, and I mean, yeah, you you sort of hate to predict that Liverpool's going to come out and play like this against any not top six side, but they yeah. did it, they did it again. But as he was walking up the pitch, I, I actually just turned off the TV and um, and just like I don't even know what I did. I like made lunch or something, and I was like, you know what, this is <laughs> this is. Um, I don't need I don't need any of this. Like I am in a stretch of like 20 weeks where like nothing has made me happy, right? Like no 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 FPL weekend has gone well. Like I've never every gamble I've taken has blown up my face. I've had horrible luck. Um and I just I, I like how many weeks in a row can you not like can it can you not have a good week before you finally just 
have to like stop caring as much, right? It's like a defense mechanism or something, you know? <laughs> well, we talk uh, about this every week, Josh. You got to find another reason to, to care. Yeah, but I'm I'm running out of them. <laughs> You know, I mean, we're week 29. There's nothing left. to. I mean, like our head to heads, I keep losing. You know, it's just like there's really there's there's nothing for me to play for. I'm going to get panicked phone calls from FPL later tonight saying, I think Josh is really going to break up with me. What can I do? I know. I just need. I. I don't even know what I need. I just need some like. You need some I need space. An, need I need an international break. I mean, I was actually going to play my wild card this week, and I was so depressed. I just didn't do it. Uh, just well, like yeah. I, I just thought, you know, because if you if you play a wild card, you have to play it, you know, basically right away to to really maximize it. Yeah. Um, and Sunday, I was like the thought of the thought of making FPL decisions, the thought of moving my players around. I just, I could not give less of a shit. And so I just, uh, I just didn't do it. Uh, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll wildcard next week. Maybe I would just won't wildcard and just <laughs> play it out with the squad. Well, stay, uh, stay tuned yeah. to the, to this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the options. If you are wildcarding or thinking about wildcarding for me, uh, the black, the black spot on my game week was a lot for a lot of people's burning for to bring Andy Carroll and lump that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did the same, Josh. So maybe I should blame you for for mm-hmm. this. But Andy Carroll looked. I I don't know. I guess it, I guess I fell into a little bit of the herd there, where he he just it just seemed like a like an option that could work. So two from him. I captained Lukaku. I was one of the uh, unfortunate people with Firmino in my midfield, and mm-hmm. I took a gamble when the news came about uh, out about Firmino. You and I had talked about doubling up on Liverpool mids. I was thinking about uh, bringing in Coutinho to supplement Firmino. But then when I it, it looked clear that Firmino wasn't going to play, I just had this sense of, well, I don't want to burn four just to play one Liverpool mid where I feel like this this fixture is slightly unpredictable. So I just gambled mm-hmm. and to not play it. And mm-hmm. I got lucky and it worked out. So I ended up bringing in... Sigurdsson instead, which was, you know, not a gamble by any stretch. And, and I ended up burning a total of eight. So uh, Seamus Coleman in for Everton as well, which is another bit of bad luck there for all those people doubled up with Coleman and Baines. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, you know, obviously it was foolish to captain Coutinho instead of Lukaku. I burned eight as well. I brought in Coutinho, uh, Sigurdsson, and uh, Carroll, and... Uh, yeah, I mean the Sigurdsson, when Sigurdsson got the assistant two bonus at the end, you're like, okay, fine. Like I basically just made up all of the all the points I burned, right? Because I would have had zero points, you know, from like I, I was I wasn't replacing players who were playing, right? So right. you know, seven seven from him plus two from Carroll, and suddenly I'm I'm plus one on all all three of the points I burned mm-hmm. uh, with Coutinho to go tomorrow. And there's actually a moment early on where I think it was I think Mane like flicked Coutinho on like the like the first ten minutes of the game, and I was like, yeah, oh. like, yeah. <laughs> if and if that had, that had happened, it would you know completely different game week. Uh, I mean, it's amazing that I have like some red, I mean, my overall rank is up, but like I have red air, like, I mean, to, to have planned for this game week as long as I have and to have red arrows and like all these, like, I mean, it just feels like, come on, Josh, like what is going on here? You know, I, I was really, uh, <laughs> I'm just feeling, I'm feeling like a little low. So let's, let, let's move on. I, I, you know, well, let me, know, let, let's, let's yeah. say this. I feel like we we're coming out of uh, game week 28 and the reset button has been hit a little bit because everyone was panicking slightly in game week 27, where a lot of us dumped all of our Spurs players to play city for the double game week. 
And uh, we were thinking of how are we going to get Spurs players all the way back in? And we were panicking about Liverpool mid and getting coverage for Liverpool mid in game week 28. So now coming out of game week 28, maybe we well, we're going to talk about this later in the episode. Maybe we don't need all the Spurs cover coverage in light of the Harry Kane injury. So maybe we did get out of jail free um, with all these city players. And then Liverpool is, is another uh, topic for discussion where maybe, maybe there's more, more to know there. So we, we sort of know less than we thought we would going into game week 29. Yep, yep. All right, should we talk about the Hail Cheater Super League? Sure, yeah. Take it from the top. All right. Uh, the number one is not a name I recognize. Is, it, I, is this I, a new? I believe it's a new entrant to the Hail new, Cheater a, Super a League. New entry. So uh, we farhatted. Uh, <laughs> is this a reference to Farhad Manju, famous American journalist? Uh, or maybe Sammy Farhad, the, uh, the poker player? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Brandon Diggs, uh, with 44 points is in first place. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I said, <laughs> way, like, I like spelled everything. I really enunciated that whole thing. Brandon Diggs with, uh, 1,709 points. He is ranked 61 overall in the world. Yeah. Followed closely behind by Patrick Connolly, uh, Eth Kapue, 54 points, uh, 1705 total and 73 in the world. So not only uh, is it tight at the top of the Hail Tudor Super League, they're still also just as tight overall in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it's really, um, yeah, I, yeah, I can't imagine being 61 in the world right now. That must be uh, pretty, pretty thrilling. What a feeling. People are buying you drinks at the bar. <laughs> Like exactly. Good. Everyone, yeah, they got the big board up at the bar. <laughs> uh, Laro, Jake Conyer with 71 is in third place. Uh, Akuna Wanmata, Eddie Perello is in fourth. Uh, Bricklayers, Anders FK is in fifth. Uh, Boom, uh, Caesar Rodart is in sixth. Uh, Don't Have a Clue, Saul Barlow is in seventh. Uh, Clichy's Clean Sheets, Bobby Borges in eighth. BTSTU, Mitch Maynard crawling back into the top ten. Mitch is uh, always in, lurking around the corner. In ninth, and also getting back on the top ten, the Cuddly Koalas, David Felheim in tenth. All right, well done to all the Hail Cheaters uh, Super League entrants out there. You can still join. Alwayscheating.com, click the league tab, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, I have to give Fabio Borges some credit, by the way, because I think he's, I feel like he's been in the top 10 like basically all 28 weeks of the season. Oh, right? like I feel the like the perfect attendance award. We've made every possible Borges joke that you can make over the course of the season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we're, we're, we're both English majors, so uh, Borges <laughs> is, is near and dear to our heart. We, we thought it would also be good for us to give a shout-out to our head-to-head AC Showstoppers League. We have a new number one, Ian Stimson, who I believe on Twitter, Josh, Ian just gave a straight brag. He avoided the humble brag altogether <laughs> and true. just straight yep. bragged at us on yep. Twitter. Ian Stimson's just put Matip in, uh, is now in first place in the show. Good team name, too. Yeah, exactly. He's got 18 wins and 10 losses on the season. And new to, new to second place, it's William Brinley, uh, Avidas Jabronis, uh, and our friend Jeff Petter, our very close, deep, uh, abiding personal friend Jeff Petter, slips down to third place. Uh, Luke Monder, Luke Thunberg, and David Wagner Lodal all like Jeff are with 17 wins. So uh, it's it's always it's always hot in the head to head Showstoppers League. 
I like that. The, the double Lukes and Dave, uh, a lot, a lot of old friends of the pod in the top six, Brandon. Uh, uh, it's not all good news, Josh. <laughs> it's not all good news. We've moved on to the part that I, that I, I, I mean, I, my meltdown was like a, more like an emo meltdown. It wasn't even funny. It was just a melt. Like it was just sad. You know, like <laughs> you sent like, out, if, you sent out this, I, you sent out this tweet <laughs> and it says, uh, continue off at 59, 59, good night season. It's been real. And I know you meant it just as you were just sort of signing off Twitter for the day. It was yep. our most liked tweet, like, of the last <laughs> six months. People were really feeling you on this one. Yeah, I think they were. Uh, yeah, I actually, I didn't, I didn't see you actually added it here to the running. Oh, yeah, we had a few responses. Yeah. Brad Bullow uh, on Twitter said, agree with that. The sooner we give up on Liverpool mids, the better. So much for double, double game week strategy. It's blowing up in our face. And uh, Mark Webb tweets, he was my captain. Speaking of Coutinho, there needs to be an emoji for when your captain leaves on fifty-nine minutes. Right. I suppose it's the crying face, is it not? Right, or the or the uh, the poop emoji. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what other meltdowns so, do we have? Yeah, I feel like we Adam have to... Adam Beasley. This is almost a humble brag, to be honest. It's it's right. It's right there. Uh, he says, "I can't decide if this if this is a humble brag or a true meltdown." Uh, you truly have a super league. And then he pictured uh, it was a green arrow in 12 of his mini leagues, uh, with the one exception being the Hail Shooter Super League. Where he has a red arrow. Yeah, what a super league. Truly super. What a, it, it's truly, it is truly a super league, is it not, Brandon? It is the superest of all leagues. I mean, the Chinese <laughs> Super League needs, is taking a backseat to. It's true. There's, it, it's, it's weird. Actually, the Chinese it's, Super it's League is like the they league. actually play. Football. They have players. They have fans. The Hail mm-hmm. Cheaters Super League is is just a mini league at a fantasy game, but still, That's, it's better than the Chinese Super League. And it's and it's even better than the Supers League, which is a league of people who are building maintenance folks, um, supers, and they're building. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The final meltdown. Uh, this all happened on Twitter, I think, while you had stepped away during the Liverpool game, and. I just, I saw Lazarus tweet at us on Twitter, and I was just like, "Oh, that's that's that's." <laughs> By the way, I saw we had like twenty tweets that no one replied to, so you, you could have uh, <laughs> you could have popped out. Well, 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 I just enjoy sort of watching them roll in. It was like Lazarus was just sort of talking to himself on Twitter. He he starts off saying, "Fantastic that Lorente, who I brought in this week, and Snodgrass each played a half, scoring a grand total of two points." Then there was a moment silence, and then bloop. Up pops up another <laughs> Lazarus tweet. Now that Klein's conceded, brought him in too. I hope Klopp gives him a much-needed rest, just crushing those ghost ships. Okay, a few moments pass. Bloop, another tweet from Lazarus. <laughs> Did I mention that I own Kane? This is after Kane went down with an injury. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a few moments pass. Bloop, Lazarus. Oh, I forgot. I own Baines, who too, who too only played a half, missing out on the clean sheet. That was nice. I'm leaving work at noon tomorrow. <laughs> See, what's nice about this one too is that often when I get these tweets, uh, they're like a, it's like a long list of stuff like this, and they'll be like, "Well, thankfully, I captain Josh King, and I have Lukaku on my squad, so I'm on 65 points, but still, it could have been you know could have been better." And I have Ashley Barnes yet to play. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break here, but coming up, we're gonna talk about real FPL stuff. We're gonna talk about Spurs, what to do with the caneless Spurs, also those pesky Liverpool mids, Chelsea, and uh, just what to do with our teams now that we have a full lineup of fixtures for the first time in a long time. Uh, I like it. Let's do it. Same old podcast, always shady. 
All right, Joshua, we're back. And uh, Kane looks like he's going to be out. Perhaps they're still they're still scrutinizing this injury. But mm-hmm. Pochettino uh, described it as it's like his Sunderland ankle twist. It's the same ankle. And mm-hmm. when he was uh, out after that Sunderland injury, it was for about two months. And so, this is this is this is Mauricio Pochettino. Yes, not your mm-hmm. uncle uh, Tony Pochettino. <laughs> but Mauricio says this, so you know it is it is possible that Harry Kane is out for the rest of the season. Is is really is it that's that's it's that severe? Well, if he's if he's out for six to eight months, we've got you know we've got two months left of the season, right? Or six to eight wow. weeks. What did I say? Yeah, six to eight weeks. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was I, don't know. We, we, I mean, I, I know he's got the he's got the 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 fifty fifty era right now. So it's, it's clearly clearly he's not playing this weekend. No, I think it was I think it was uh, definitely said that he won't be playing this weekend. But you know, we're all still waiting for Lord Ben Dinnery to tweet tweet the the gospel truth to us. Right. So it's it's unsure at this point. So it could be that it's it's not that bad. He he just sort of tweaked it, and he's back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, no one seems that optimistic, and it, it could be at least a, a month, maybe six weeks, even the rest of the season. So what wow. we have to do yeah. is, is look at Spurs again in a new light, because I think we were all thinking, well, how are we going to scramble to get Spurs back into our sides coming into game week 28? But now that Kane's out, does this change your thinking? Well, it has to, right? I mean, uh, he's their best player. Uh, without without question, I mean, there's this, you know, tendency sometimes to not treat him like he's one of the like most world class players in the Premier League. I think because he looks kind of goofy, and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. he's English, you know, and he's like a mouth it's, breather. Yeah, like the like for, there's like you know just he's like rated like if you you know if Harry Kane were just from Germany or something, then everyone would treat him like you know one of the best players in the league. Uh, but he 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 clearly is. I mean, he's the the driving force behind that team. He's a you know a really complete player. I mean, he's able to win balls in the midfield, and he you know could set up teammates, and uh, he's you know deadly accurate striker. Yeah, and, Twenty plus uh, league goals, three seasons running. Right, exactly, and uh, in great form, no less, too. So, um, I mean, will Spurs be fine? Yes. I mean, it pretty much guarantees they don't win the league, but they weren't going to anyway, right? I mean, they're 10 points back with, no. you know, nine, nine weeks to go. I think it is uh, and they've, little, already, they've already played Chelsea. It is a little scary, though, if you're a Spurs fan, because it's going to be a real battle for any top four spot. Um, yeah, yeah. I, from a fantasy, yeah, I agreed. Although I think they're going to hold on. I mean, Arsenal is uh, not going to be getting one of the top four spots this year, no. uh, which does make things a little bit easier. And I guess they probably have to hold off Man United, right? Uh, in order to, you got you got Chelsea, Man City, uh, oh, and Liverpool too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they. I think they're like a. Little, they've got a few points. They're you know they got like a little um, like a little. Cushion, yeah, exactly. Uh, and they also have one of the most epic fixture runs coming up up to yeah. game, week, game week 35 when they have the North London Derby. So uh, I don't want to just like you know present this without uh, without credit, but uh, Nick Cummings, who is uh, uh, the guy who runs the Transfer Hub website, a uh, longtime uh, friend of the podcast, and uh, if you've never been to uh, the Transfer Hub, F- the FPL Transfer Hub website, uh, you absolutely should go. It's a great site. Triggerlist.com. Um, 
so he looked at uh, Son, Ali, Erickson, and uh, Jansen. So we can go ahead and just dismiss Jansen because uh, no one's bringing in Jansen, right? Not me. <laughs> Now, 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 Son Son is interesting. He's affordable. So in this stretch from game week six or ten, he had two big games to start, and then he had two one two one pointers. Uh, and so I don't know if he, you know, I didn't look back at the. I don't know if he actually didn't uh, just didn't you know start in those games or or game week eight might have been around a Champions League game too. So they might have been resting him for that. So in, um, yeah, game week eight he played nineteen minutes. So he was not okay. in the starting lineup there. Right, uh, so. but, he, but he does start the rest of these games. Uh, he's okay. he, he's getting he and he's playing almost the full ninety, except in uh, game week nine against Bournemouth, he got pulled off yeah. at the sixty first minute. Well, we, we saw how good he looked in the um, you know in the FA Cup match yesterday too. I mean, you know, granted they were playing Millwall, but scored uh, he scored a heady, and he was looking to score like he was like he was not passing. Yeah, I, I, I think if his, if his teammates had any complaint about Son, yeah. it would be his, his stupid uh, handshakes and also he doesn't ever pass the ball. So he's got he's got a couple things going in his favor which is that he he's he likes to he like he he's you know, he has got a nose for goal or at least he you know tries to score. Uh and his price is extremely affordable. He's 6.8 million. I mean, you you can get him at the same price that you can get, you know, uh uh, Antonio or something like that, sure. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but on a much better team. So I think that, um, he's an interesting option. I think that, so Erickson is a player who stands out as not performing particularly well in Kane's absence. Um, in these five games from six through 10, uh, he only had registered one assist, uh, total. And, uh, other than that, that he, he didn't do anything. It is, uh, it is curious. Uh, it is interesting that Erickson has those stats, but also Erickson, Seems like he like really just generally picked up steam this latter half of the season. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder how much form has to do with these stats while Kane is out. I yeah. don't know. I'm just I'm just just thinking out loud here, Josh. Yeah, and Deli Alley scored in uh, two of the games without Kane. I think that Deli Alley will be you know the player who really tries to fill in in his absence. Now the thing is, I mean, I, I would think that shutting down Deli Alley would become what every team is trying to do. Without mm-hmm. Kane, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the game plan would clearly be to to stop Alley, and you're probably, you know, like it probably really enhance your chances to winning of winning. So um, I don't know. But, you know, but at the same time, I think he's pretty clearly the best option of any of these four players. Josh, where were we? Game weeks 18 through 20, in which Telly Hollies <laughs> has three braces right. in a row. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was, I was, yeah, I was Oliver Erickson around that time. Uh, but yeah, Deli Ali was clearly the player to have. Uh, and he's still not that expensive. I mean, for a player who's scored a, a ton of goals starting, I guess starting really around game week eight, right? I, th- I feel like he had kind of a slow start of the season and then he really picked up momentum. Uh, so I mean, eight point seven million—that's like, you know, that's cheaper. Point eight cheaper than Mane. It's, um, you know, pretty much the same price as Coutinho. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I feel pretty good about uh, about Deli Ali. Don't you? I do. I agree. He's he's uh, by well, not yeah. He is he is by some margin the the best pickup. I am intrigued by Sun, but the one other Spurs player I'm intrigued by at the moment. Well, there's Kyle Walker, but. Um, ben Davies, he, mm-hmm. he he's 
he's always kind of been the odd man out in that defense. And if he mm-hmm. ever has to sub in, which is often given how Danny Rose gets injured every other week. Um, but he really seemed to come into his own in that Everton game. And he looked uh, really good. And Danny Rose continues to be out indefinitely. And Ben Davies at 4.7 is an interesting, maybe short yeah. midterm pickup. I love Ben Davies. He's a Welshman. He's a former Swansea product. Uh, he's kind of, you know, bit his time the last couple of years of Spurs. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think, I think, yeah, he's a good option. I mean, as, as long as we don't really, as long as Rose really is out indefinitely, then yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Finn Olav Haga tweets at us, considering Spurs lack of goals last time Kane was out, which we were just discussing, do we really need Spurs attacking cover? Okay. So we're going to talk about a few other options like Chelsea and Arsenal, but on a scale of one to ten, uh, how important is it for you, Josh, to get the likes of Son, Ali, or Erickson into your squad? Well, it's an interesting. It's it. It's they're in a pretty good run of fixtures, pretty much through the rest of the season. Um, you know, they. I mean, you know, it's funny. The next two fixtures are actually a little bit tricky. They play uh, Southampton at home, which. You know, wouldn't be necessarily the scariest fixture if, if Kane were playing, but without him, you know, it could be a little tricky. Yeah. Uh, Bur- Burnley away. I mean, Burnley is, you know, say what you will about Burnley, but there's certainly a fortress at home, and mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't expect a lot of goals in that game. Uh, but from there, you've got Swansea, Watford, Bournemouth, Leicester, uh, Arsenal at home, which I, I would expect there to be goals, uh, West Ham away. I mean, we're getting all the way to game week 36 at this point. Um, you know, man, and they also have a, a double game week coming up at some point. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, I think they having at least one Spurs midfielder is still pretty important. I mean, maybe that midfielder becomes Sun. Um, I'd like to learn a little more, uh, you know, hopefully something comes out about Sun at, at midweek. I mean, you know, Sun has been a bit of a rotation player. Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't just, he did, doesn't start every fixture. Um, so, you know, I mean, he went through a stretch from game week, I don't even know, like 15 through 21 or so, where he was, you know, barely playing at all. Um, and, you know, he didn't play the Everton fixture. I uh, played, you know, five minutes in the Stoke fixture of the game week before that. So, um, I mean, to suddenly bring in Sun, you know, just because Kane is out and just because he diced up Millwall. I, I don't know that Pochettino thinks that way. You know, I don't think he's like a, Oh, this player's in form. I need to start mm-hmm. him. Yeah. You know, I think he's a little, um, a little more ruthless, um, when it comes to you know team selection. I mean, Arsene Wenger would start him for the next three or four <laughs> years after a run like this. <laughs> uh, FPL kangaroo tweets at us. Who do I bring in for that gobshite Coutinho? Ali, <laughs> Ali or Sanchez. Okay. So moving on to, the great question that is Alexis Sanchez. Sean number one on Twitter also says, uh, can I just say I'm loving the podcast, thoroughly enjoy it. Thanks for answering my questions every week. And uh, Josh, you are actually buying Sean a new car for sending us that tweet, aren't you? <laughs> I am, yes. <laughs> um, Sean also tweets, I want Sanchez, but have to dismantle my team to get him, especially to have Costa and Kane Lukaku. We can scratch Kane from that. Is he worth it? Okay, so the question is, Ali or Sanchez, Ali or Sanchez, and how much is Sanchez worth to us? Must have? Must own? Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe not this game week. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of the season. I mean, I think that I mean they have two double game weeks coming up. Uh, they have uh, a really good run of fixtures. Okay, I mean, it's a couple tricky games. I mean, their way to Spurs in game week 35. Uh, they host Man City and Man United, but they are at home on uh, those fixtures. And um, but otherwise, you know, they play they play Sunderland at home. They play they play Middlesbrough. They play Crystal Palace. They play West Ham. I mean, West Brom have been absolutely shipping goals. Um, and you know, they still have a double game week that'll include Leicester as one of the two teams they play. Um, and they'll play Southampton, which you know, like Southampton is okay, but without Jose Font, they, you know, the defense is not nearly as good. So, or Virgil Van Dyke, for that matter, or Virgil Van Dyke, yeah, exactly. So, um, I yeah, think that, I, I yeah, I, I think I you think... need Alexis Sanchez for your whenever you wild card, you need to bring him in for sure. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to maybe see if you could get by with Deli Alley for two weeks and then flip him into maybe that'll give. Like, I'm speaking to Sean here. Maybe that'll give you enough time to f- find funds elsewhere to then turn Deli Ali into Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. I mean, I, do you think you need uh, – do you need Sanchez for game 28? Like, do you need him for – or for 29? Do you need him for the uh, – I, I would target sure. that West Ham fixture in game week 31 as the point yeah. in which you really want, need to have him in your squad. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do agree. Um I mean the West Brom the West Brom match. Given all the drama that has surrounded Arsenal for the last few weeks, there's no yeah. predicting what's going to happen against West Brom. And West Brom can come in and put an organized shift any week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, given that they're up against City and in game week thirty, it's just not enough to make me feel like I've got to definitely have him for twenty nine. Yeah, I think that I I, I agree with all that. Uh, okay, so let's move on to Chelsea midfield. Core captain tweets at us, bringing in Costa Hazard duo a good move or not at the moment. So I feel like the Harry Kane injury um, really opened the door on Chelsea midfielders in particular. Not that anyone was sleeping on on them, but it's tricky to afford a guy like Eden Hazard, particularly with his mercurial form, but... Pedro has been really consistently doing the business and maybe mm-hmm. now we're looking to spend a little we if if we're not as bullish on Spurs midfield maybe a differential could be going more more in the Chelsea direction. Yeah, I mean and Chelsea will, you know, they'll also have a double game week. Uh you know, Diego Costa has been a insanely consistent scorer the entire season. Um you know, Hazard I'm kind of Okay, so you actually pulled some numbers on Hazard and Pedro. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk like, about those now? Yeah, I feel like Pedro is the natural alternative to Hazard, uh, or unless unless you're going to bring in Victor Moses. How do you feel about that, Josh? Uh, not good. <laughs> Apparently, Victor Moses uh, limped off in the, yeah, in the waning that. moments uh, today against uh, um, Manchester United. So, yeah, the, looking at these numbers of Pedro and Hazard, um, Pedro. Oh, by uh, the way, Brandon, him lumping off, if he had a real injury, that would definitely open the door for Nathan, uh, Nathan Ake. Ah, well, too bad I got rid of Nathan Ake after I already <laughs> lost like my entire team value uh, on him, hanging on to him for as long as yeah. I did. All right, so so just comparing the cost real quick, Pedro is a seven point one million to Hazard's ten point two, so that's a three point one million cost difference. Also, Pedro, 
kind of a, a big differential with just a 9% ownership mm-hmm. uh, compared to Hazard's 27.7. So that said, these stats are are a little interesting. Big chances alone, Hazard blows Pedro out of the water. It's 12 big chances to Pedro's five. Uh, and chances created, even more staggering, Hazard has created 53 chances to Pedro's 22. Wow. Uh, more crosses by uh, the number of 13 for Hazard. Goal attempts, Hazard 55, Pedro 34. And minute per chance, it's kind of a dead heat. Pedro actually edges Hazard here at uh, 43 minutes per chance. Uh, both similar pass completion. Shots inside the box, Hazard is 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 winning again, 38 to 24. In the yeah, last I game. mean, there's like an overwhelming story here of like when it comes to big chances, chances created, crosses, goal yeah. attempts, more than twice, uh, twice yeah. the touches in the final third for Eden Hazard. So yeah, if the question is, has is Hazard worth the money? Yes, he probably is, but um, just know you might go through a stretch of seven or eight weeks where he doesn't do anything because that's <laughs> well, that that's the new story with Eden Hazard. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm I'm just yeah we I guess we can't really recommend Hazard given what he does to FPL managers but it's it's one to, <laughs> I mean, one to watch with interest I guess it's it's just his price I mean because yeah, you know he's, really he's, it, it's just because he's over ten million I mean you know you look at the if you look at this I'm like you know I'm on his his page right now I mean, you look at the the goals and the assists I mean the over the total story over the course of the season actually looks pretty good you know like it doesn't like he you know he, he actually has very few stretches where he doesn't have any goals or assists um you know 15 through 17 he didn't uh 12 and 13 uh he didn't um he just the the one goal away to man city in game week 14 but otherwise it was kind of he didn't really do anything for a while but then he sort of picks it up in the second half of the season but just the feeling of beating his art owner is i can't explain it it's i mean every time i come in I, he's like my I'm, I'm like a kryptonite or something, you know, <laughs> it's like, he's just, uh, he just, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the best use of my money. I would much rather have Dally Alley over Eden Hazard. I mean, would you, would you have guessed given what we've seen of Hazard this season that he is currently the third highest point getting FPL asset? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I think I've actually heard that already. I mean, when you look when you look at his numbers, I mean, was it one, two, three, four, five, six? I mean, it's seven times he scored in double figures in 27 weeks. I mean, if someone told you that, you might. Not, I mean, he had that humongous the the you know the when he picked up 19 points at home to Everton. Um, so I mean, you know, I don't know. And he has he, he has a double figures in two of the last four games. I mean, I, I don't mean to totally underrate his art or even talk about this like kryptonite, like this kind of fake thing uh i mean clearly it's just i i maybe i've just had some bad luck or maybe i just don't appreciate him and so that when he scores i'm kind of like yeah whatever um there's nothing exciting about having him i guess yeah that's my that maybe that's all i'm saying it's just boring <laughs> i don't enjoy having him on my team so they never get penalties chelsea so it yeah i feel like if they were getting a few more penalties it'd be a bit be a bit more exciting yeah all right, so uh, Ron Olivier on Twitter asks, what would you prioritize this week? Getting a Spurs mid, Sanchez back, and uh, I'll, oh, good luck predicting the City versus Liverpool fixture, Ron <laughs> yeah. says. So um, getting back to this uh, Deli Ali sanchez question, I think we I think we answered that. We're prioritizing Deli Ali right now. Yeah, I I would prioritize Deli Ali or, or, or Alexis Sanchez if you have the money. Um, I mean, if I had equal money, I guess I would bring in Sanchez over Deli Ali. 
Fair I would go. I would go. Alexa Sanchez, Deli Alley, Eden Hazard. That's my. That's my trio. Yeah. All right. Uh, I. I will stand by that. Low checkers on Twitter. Kane for Coon or Defoe and Sanchez. So low techers is actually we we're all thinking of how we're going to get rid of Aguero and low techers is is asking maybe I'll bring him in. I feel like. I, I'm I'm still not that high on on Kun Aguero. I mean, I'm sure all the triple captains out there feel the same way. Uh, I feel like uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I would I would rather have. I actually don't know if I'd rather have Defoe or if I'd rather have Gabbiadini. I feel like Gabbiadini and Sanchez is a better duo than Defoe and Sanchez. Defoe hasn't been in very good form, and that Sunderland team, I feel like they kind of know the end is nigh. You know, <laughs> like it is, I feel like even though there was like a spark for a little while there. And I feel like that spark is kind of, kind of going away for that squad. Kevin Z says, uh, question what to make of the Liverpool midfielders. I have Mane and Coutinho now. I need to figure out which one to drop for Delhi Alley. Now, as someone who captained Coutinho this last game week, I'm not sure I'm the most objective, uh, person. Uh, I didn't think Coutinho looked that Bad exactly, although I think that the kind of endless running of Firmino was really missed by him. I think that um, I had—I don't think I'd really—I'd fully appreciated how much space Firmino opens up for Coutinho until I watched this game. Yeah, Origi uh, seemed to get stuck out wide an awful lot. Where he didn't where, have a very, yeah, I, I feel like Origi was trying too hard. I, he didn't let the game sort of come to him. Yep, yeah, yeah, I agree. But, yeah. I mean, Sadio Mane to me is the player who I. I feel like you have to keep, if only because um, I think he's a slightly more explosive point returner. You know, he's a little more likely to get you double figures. Uh, certainly the second half of the season he is. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's healthy. He's, he's not he's not an injury risk the way that Coutinho always is. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime Coutinho goes down, you're like, oh, God, is this <laughs> is this an ankle? Is this a knee? Like, what's, what's happening here? Uh, and, you know, I just think that he is... Um, maybe uh, looking for goal a little more. I, I don't know. I mean, it feels like it's... There are all, upsides all to season both season long. Yeah, exactly. All season long, you know, who to pick among the Liverpool midfielders has been this kind of rotating thing, and it's like, you can never quite pin it down, you yeah. know? So I, I, I definitely I don't feel confident making a definitive answer here, but it, certainly logic would dictate that you keep Mane and you drop Coutinho. Yeah, uh, that is the logical choice, but just be prepared, Kevin, for that to blow up in your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, Brandon. Let's let's we've, we've got a bunch of miscellaneous questions here. Let's just let's just pick two, okay? Let's just let's just grab two, and then we're going to look at gaming twenty nine. All right, two not necessarily the best, but the ones we picked. <laughs> Dojo the Mofo says, "When's the best time to use all at attack?" Seems like a useless chip. First of all, Dojo, you, you're right. It is a useless chip. It's true. Uh, but as 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 to when to play it, I. I think the the conventional wisdom is play your all out attack is when you have a defensive injury situation. Yeah, I guess that's the right time to use it. Uh, it still won't work for you. Something something will go wrong. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's like the odds yeah. of of getting five midfielders all producing attacking returns in the same game week is basically impossible. So hard to do. I wish you know what would be cool is if you could actually use two goalkeepers when you did the all out attack. I know that doesn't even make any sense because all-out defense. 
<laughs> park the bus. It's the park the bus uh, chip. Park the bus chip. It would actually be more fun. It'd be more dramatic. <laughs> you have five, like well, you have like they pass up to seven different games we were watching, like hoping that no one scores. You like, know, you- I, I, it's it reminds me of watching doubles professional tennis, where I'm just amazed at how the people on playing doubles together don't constantly collide into each other. <laughs> and I'm thinking about two like. Frazier Forrester and um, David De Gea in goal mm-hmm. together. It, just the damage <laughs> they would do to each other. That, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I think that the, yeah, I mean, I guess you answered it. I mean, you know, a game where you have, you know, two defenders with, uh, with you know, with good fixtures and three that, uh, that are either injured or not playing. And I feel, okay, I, I guess the only possibly useful advice I can offer is that I wouldn't like I have been holding on to my auto attack chip because I'm waiting to wild card and ideally with my wild card I will be able to bring in a fifth midfielder who actually plays and possibly scores sometimes uh which is not uh it, I mean okay that's, that's I, not I actually Fletcher. well you know the thing is I mean Fletcher's actually had a couple of good games this season but in general uh Fletcher is like a two-point kind of guy you know uh-huh. just He's got what does he have like one goal? He's got two goals and two assists in the season. It's actually not bad for a four point five million player. But um, I was thinking like you know like Tom Davies uh, on Everton or your boy uh, on Swansea, Carroll. Yeah. yeah, Carroll four point three million. You got an assist and a bonus point. Uh, what a cross that was to Lorente. Now, now that there's no Lorente, Tom Carroll <laughs> might just be dribbling in circles in the center circle for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the season. Uh, Fat Gorilla says, I'm about to rage wild card. Who are the essentials to get in for the end of the season? Do you think Gabby Adini stays good? I mean, Gabby Adini has played, uh, what, four <laughs> matches for Southampton, if you include the uh, EFL Cup final, and he's scored in every single one of them. Right. Yeah. I... Okay, I feel like I can't make a perfect assess- assessment on Gabadini because I'm literally looking up what his first name is right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 don't, I can't claim to have expert knowledge of a player's first name I didn't know. I think that he looks like a, I, I'm interested in him. I mean, I, you know, based purely on numbers and never having actually seen him play a match. Yeah, uh, if he yeah, plays sure. for Southampton, he scores. It's, it's, it's rather <laughs> simple. Exactly. It's rather elementary, uh, Josh. Yeah. He's got a good pedigree, you know, he's like a, you know, talent, like, you know, he's, he's the kind of player you see in the Premier League a lot now because there's so much money in the league or these, you know, these former, you know, Juve youth players who, you know, never quite make it happen or can't break the starting lineup or whatever. Uh, and then some Premier League squad is like, sure, let's, I'll, we'll give you $25 million, like just uh-huh. to see if you can do anything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think the Gabby Dini possibly stays good. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, that. So they have like a pretty decent run of fixtures coming up, and they've got two double game weeks, which I think is even more important. Uh, yeah, Southampton coming up. They have they have Spurs in game week twenty nine. After that, it's Bournemouth, right. Crystal right. Palace, West Brom, which is 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 fairly decent. Also, Gabby Adini just for value uh, is is kind of unbeatable. Is he the one now? It's is he still six point five or is he he's he I think he's in? he's up to six point eight now. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, and the 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 one problem here is that the it, it's double gaming, but it's not neither, neither double gaming is great. It's Arsenal and Man United both at home, mm-hmm. so these aren't exactly you know killer fixtures. Yeah, but that's a uh, a relatively cheap guaranteed starting striker who will presumably get at least two points from those. 
either yeah. one of those games. So that's and some of the just and some of these home yeah and some of these home fixtures are really good. I mean, they play you know game week thirty and thirty one. They play Bournemouth at Crystal Palace back to back. Yeah, I'd be curious to see where these double game weeks end up because if it's a really tasty fixture next to Man United or Arsenal, he could have a lot of points heading into one of those. I'm having flashbacks to playing my triple captaincy a couple game weeks ago. I'm just going to shut up now. (laughs) But in terms of other must-haves, I think we touched on the big one earlier. It's Alexis Sanchez, and uh, on top of the double game weeks, he is kind of destined to be the highest scoring player this season. And I think it's it kind of remains to be seen between Chelsea and Spurs players right now. Uh, you know, what about Diego Costa? So we didn't really talk about Diego Costa at all this episode. So um, Zlatan is out. Kane is out. I mean, Zlatan is out like very short term. He's just missing two matches. Yeah, but is is Costa is sort of requisite in the next couple of weeks? I I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I think that based on the way my team looks right now, I mean, I'm probably going to wild card in game week thirty now, and I, so I have Lukaku, Aguero, and Carroll uh, as my as my front line, and I'm happy with that for game week twenty nine. I think that uh, I don't know, maybe I mean, is Costa? I mean, he's. I don't know how I'll be able to afford him. You know, if I'm bringing all these, all these double, I mean, I know he's a double gaming player too, uh, but I feel like I really want those double, double gaming players. So I'm going to need Alexis Sanchez. I'm going to need, um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic eventually. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, even, even Aguero has another double game week coming up. So I think that, um, I don't know. I just feel like Costa is like a little lower in the pecking order for me, but I, yeah. but I'm probably wrong about that because I mean, it's, you know, I mean, given how much he scored this year, it's really, you know, I mean, he's he's been spectacular. And it's crazy. I actually have had him on my team a few different times. But, I mean, yeah, I've had him on the team for maybe like four total weeks out of 28, you know. And um, it's because there's always this, you know, idea that there's like someone better than you, you can have than Costa. And, uh, and he just keeps scoring every week. Is this the best advice we, we could give in this episode is that if you're wildcarding right now um, – be sure that you can get Zlatan into your front line at some point in the next month. Yeah. And maybe bringing in Costa for the wild card is the way that is the easiest way to do that. Right. Cause then it's just kind of a straight, you know, I mean, Costa is actually kind of, he's like a little, ch- so Ibra is down to 11, four now. Uh, Costa is uh, 10.5. So it's kind of amazing that Costa is still only 10.5 million. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is crazy. I mean, two and a half million cheaper than Sergio Aguero. Yeah. All right. So we covered a lot of your questions and uh, let's take a quick break, Josh, and we will do a preview of Game Week 29. All right. Game Week 29 is here. It's a it's a rare thing these days, Brandon. It's just a Saturday and Sunday of, of games or lots of matches. There's an early game. There's a late game. Uh, there's three games on Sunday. It feels like the start of the season. I, I, I missed normal, just a normal run of fixtures. Uh, and of course there's a, uh, international break right after this. Uh, so, uh, so the first game is, uh, West, uh, do we want to go through all of these? Let's just highlight a couple of games that are interesting. You know, okay. West Brom are, West Brom Arsenal is interesting because uh, it's hard to know what kind of Arsenal is going to show up. I mean, they did look good against Lincoln City, but it was Lincoln City, so who knows? The mighty imps. Yeah, I mean, you know, beating beating up on these lower league teams does kind of 
give people a you know a false impression i think of how good your squad is i mean you know based on like how the Huddersfield game sort of solidified in some people's mind that like they had to have you know two or three Man City players, and I think I mean I guess it, I guess it was true of the defenders. Um, it, but it, yeah, it, I don't yeah, know. it's wild. We haven't got a single question about Aaron Ramsey based off of that Lincoln City performance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, or Theo Walcott, I guess, has been on some pretty good form, too. But uh, Walcott is staying far away from my team. Yeah, good luck to all of you who are bringing in anybody other than Alexis from this team. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Crystal Palace Watford, what a, I, who cares? Uh, <laughs> Eddie Capu, uh, he still rides. Yeah. He still rides for Ian's Baked Alaska. So maybe Everton. I'll put the armband on him. Everton Hall, I mean, I think the clear captain choice this game week is uh, Rami Lukaku, and uh, that's that's certainly who I'm playing the captain. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, just looking at these other options, Andy Carroll, no. It, it'll, it, I'm curious to see if Andy Carroll even survives my, my transfer window. But Yeah, Chelsea uh, Stoke, I mean, Stoke did, you know, had a pretty good defensive performance uh, way to Man City, but... Uh, I mean that team's been up and down all year, so who knows what what that who knows what that game is going to look like. It, it is it is you know it, it's at the Britannia, so um, I don't think I would be captaining you know Costa or no. well maybe I mean I I feel like you can never like captaining Diego Costa you can really never go wrong. I mean if you had just captained Costa for twenty eight straight weeks, uh, I guess you would have missed one game for suspension, but otherwise you would have been looking pretty good. I think yeah. But I mean, side by side, Lukaku and Costa. Um, has Costa come even close to scoring a hat trick this season? Lukaku is going to be the one that, on any weekend, could explode. Yeah, that 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 is true. But um, just in terms of Costa's hamstring, could explode. That's true. And Lukaku is now officially the top scorer in the in the of, of all forwards. He uh, he has uh, twelve points more than uh, Diego Costa now in the season. Well done, Big Rom. Well done, Big Rom. And, and let's let's officially end the Trollkaku meme, okay? When you are the number one overall scoring forward and the cheapest of the top four strikers, <laughs> uh, you are not Trollkaku. You are just a top nine. Now the thing is, this, you know, the sad thing is because he doesn't have any double game weeks. I think we're all going to have to get rid of him at yeah, some point. It's unfair, but it's really tricky because they play away to Liverpool, Man United, game week thirty and thirty-one, which are really tricky fixtures. But then they play Leicester, Burnley, and West Ham. Uh, in game weeks uh, 32 to 34. And, you know, in, in Leicester and Burnley are back-to-back home games, which is, you know, great fixtures for Lukaku. Is it, the, is it the new Spurs situation then? Like Lukaku will be the player we get rid of because he has no doubles and he'll be the one that burns us? <laughs> Probably, which, you know, maybe you just don't do that. Maybe you just don't fall prey. You don't need every one of your players to be a double game week player and you just keep Lukaku, especially if those double game weeks fall in 32 and 33 because, uh, yeah, those are uh, excellent fixtures. All right, so Chelsea Stoke, we're feeling pretty good about Chelsea's chances there, but uh, not so bullish with the armband. Sunderland, yeah. Sunderland Burnley, that's a stinker. Yeah. West Ham Leicester, kind of a stinker, too. I mean, Andy Carroll. I, we both have Carroll. I guess, you know, Carroll's going to stay, but I, I don't feel that optimistic. I don't even, well, I feel like I, I feel like Leicester hasn't played a game in like three or four. Like, Maybe he's been laying in wait for this West Ham game. <laughs> uh, Bournemouth Swansea, that could be, there could this be could some, be yeah, it could be high scoring. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really talk about Josh King very much because I think both of us were feeling a little uh, sheepish that we didn't bring him in. Yeah, what can you do? Uh, some astute 
pod listener out there tweeted at us a hologram for Joshua King part due. That's for all <laughs> you stands out there who've been with us since last season. But uh, yeah, yeah. What, I, you don't. It, we don't need to even talk about Joshua King because ex- there, there he is. If you want him, have him. He's great. <laughs> exactly. Siggy uh, is going to have to shoulder more, more of the loadout without Lorente. Uh, I think that'll be fine though, and, and Swansea's fine too. I mean, they're you know. Uh, it was too bad they lost through that. thick and yeah. thin with with Swansea, even when they were yeah. the most garbage team in the league. So that's yeah. fine. Uh, and uh, yeah, Man U, uh, Burrow. Uh, that's an interesting game. Um, you know, Burrow. I, I, I like I, the way you say that. That was an interesting. That is an interesting. I was trying game. to think of what to say. I was I was thinking about Burrow over the weekend, and I was thinking about whether they were. You know, since I've been following the Premier League closely, are they the most boring team that's that's been promoted? And I decided there was a, there was a Reading squad that yeah, was promoted. Yeah, like the Pavel Pogradniak era. Yeah, and that was that was the most boring team. But this this Burroughs' commitment to not scoring goals makes them so boring. I mean, there's just nothing. To be, I know that like Negredo will occasionally score up, you know, a brace out of nowhere or whatever. But in general, this is not a. And and you know, their strategy at home is just to, like it's it's like someone like Burnley, you know, have kept clean sheets, but they've actually scored goals. And I feel like Burrow is like they're like Burnley, but without even like a, a <laughs> fluky random Ashley Barnes goal. They're like Burnley if Burnley were just like. Full on nihilists. <laughs> uh, Spurs. A bunch of Benoit Asuakatos playing. They're like, we don't <laughs> even really want to be here. Spurs, Southampton. I, I think Spurs will win this game. Uh, even without Kane, I think this is a fairly easy win for Spurs. Yeah, this will be an interesting test for Gabbiadini. Yeah, and Ariel's. Uh, <laughs> Ariel. Ellie's uh, uh, aerial uh, prowess is really going to be uh, a problem for Southampton, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, Ellie is a sneaky, uh, is a sneaky differential captain for this game week. Yep. Hey, just keep it low and hard against Fraser Forrester. That man cannot reach below his knees. <laughs> uh, and then we've got the marquee fixture of the weekend, Man City, Liverpool. All right, Josh, uh, we have to predict the score line here. I want your prediction. Okay, all right. So what is our prediction? Ruin Oliver says, good luck predicting this, and so let, let's try to predict it. I am going to predict a fairly high-scoring game. I think it will be – I think Liverpool will win this game. Wow. On the road. Wow, And okay. I think it's going to be 3-2. to two. Uh, I will go almost the exact opposite and say, well, the, I would the, what would the exact opposite of that be? I think well, it would be nil, it would be like nil, nil yeah. or like 20 to 19. <laughs> <laughs> I'm predicting a two, one victory for Manchester city. Okay. Yeah. I guess negative two, negative three would be like the exact opposite. I think, uh, it's going to be goals from Kevin De Bruyne and Yaya Torre. So, uh, it's not going to be an FPL party. Yeah, it's a Fernando to Fernandinho. Exactly. <laughs> the O's. <laughs> They're going to keep setting each other up the whole game. It's going to be those guys back and forth. All right, so captain captain uh, for us, it, it looks strongly on Romelu Lukaku right now. Yeah. Guaranteed clean sheets. I, I'm happy to – if Baines is back, we're, we're both looking good, doubled up on Everton D. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to forgive Bane. I mean, whatever. He had a back problem. I, I hope he's better. Uh, I don't, I, I don't actually, I'm not actually mad at Bane's, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, it was, it was really crazy making that he went off uh, at the 45 minute mark because he knew they were going to keep a clean sheet. But there was no way that they were scoring in that game. No, no, not at all. And uh, I guess Man U is the only other uh, major prospect for a clean sheet here this week. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That is true. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Burnley. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's just let's just stick with Everton. Let's pick one. <laughs> we'll pick one. <laughs> Got our losses. All right, Josh. Uh, anything else on game week twenty nine before we go? No, this this has been good though. I I didn't have I didn't I didn't melt down as much as I thought I was going to. You know, it's a little if, if you can get past the depressive start, which if you're still listening, you did, then uh, it wasn't too bad. Not so bad. So all, right, all right, everyone. So uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast. You can find us on iTunes where you can write us a review. Follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or on Google Play, Acast, TuneIn FM, wherever you get your podcasts. Also follow us on Twitter. We're uh, at Hail Cheaters on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, you can email us. We're hailcheaters at gmail.com. You can also support the podcast on Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash alwayscheating. And thank you, as always, to the supporters. And uh, we had a few supporters actually send in emails this week, which we read off. So uh, thanks, everybody. And, uh, yeah, new, new supporter podcast coming in the next uh, week or two. Yes, thanks, everyone. Okay, uh, good luck in game week 29. Hail cheaters. And Bacani forever. Macaulay forever, Josh. Gareth Macaulay <laughs> for a hat trick. We should change that. Have mercy, Brandon. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.